Welcome to the Vertical Church Podcast. Now here's Pastor Josh Butcher with today's message. Uh, so today's Baptism Sunday, and I thought, you know, um, so many times as, for those of you in the room who are Christians, if you identify with Jesus, a lot of times we do things as Christians, and we don't really know why. Uh, we just do them because a pastor told us to, or, uh, you know, it's just kind of the way we grew up, and our parents said that we should do it, and so we just do it. And so what I want to do today is really just give some explanation about why we baptized. We kind of know what baptism is. Somebody in a few minutes, they're going to get into this water. We're going to dunk them, and they're going to come out wet, right? Like they're going to take a, a spiritual bath. But we, we, we want to spend just a moment before we get to that kind of unpacking why do we do this? Why is this important, right? Like uh, why? Because here, here's the thing. If you don't know why we do this, then when somebody asks you, it's going to be really hard for you to explain it to them. Uh, when your friend asks you, uh, hey, I heard they're talking about baptism again. Like, what's that about? Why, why do we do that? You're going to be like, uh, I don't know, ask the pastor. And we don't want you to have to do that because you can explain why we baptize. So we want you to be able to share it and talk about it and own it. Uh, but not only that, but if you don't know why we do this, here's the deal. You can be easily led astray. Somebody can come alongside and toss a few questions at you and you won't have the answer to and it'll sow doubt into your mind. And because you don't know why we do this, you could find yourself getting off track. And so today I thought, man, we're in this thing called an unseries that's only a series because we called it a series. So let's just take today and, and talk about baptism. Why do we do this? What, what is happening inside? And so if we can do that today, if we can leave today and everybody in the room can answer the question, why? Why do we bat Why water baptism? Then it'll be a success. We'll call it a win and we'll celebrate that. And so my prayer, uh, my prayer today is that if you have received Jesus, if you have surrendered your life to him, if you've not been baptized, I'm going to go ahead and let you off the hook. If you didn't come prepared to be baptized, we've got towels available for you. And if you go outside for any bit of time, you'll dry off. So you're good, right? So if you've received Jesus or maybe today you surrender your life to Jesus and you're like, I need to be baptized right now, we've got you covered. So I um, want you to do that. You might be here, you might be thinking like, well, I, took, I did that when I was three years old and my grandma's got pictures of it on her fireplace. And cool, awesome. Did you, did you know why you did it? Did you do it just to please your parents? Did you actually, was it was it something that, that, that was part of your actual journey with Jesus, or did you just do it because somebody told you to? It's great. I'm glad. It was probably a really good day, but God wants you to, to have understanding. He wants you to know why. And so to answer this why question, um, I'm going to take you back to 2014, Super Bowl, Seattle Seahawks, Denver Broncos. It was a terrible game. Uh, the, the Seahawks absolutely annihilated the Broncos. I think it was like 40-something to 8. It was awful. Um, but the game isn't really important. What we're actually going to talk about, or the way we're going to get to water baptism, is I want to take you to a few days before the game. Now, when they have a big event like this, they often have a media day. 
And what a media day is, is it's a day for all of the, the, the newspapers, the TV reporters, the bloggers, all of the people in the media to have some time with the players and the coaches and the, and the owners and the GM and, and just ask questions and interview them. It's a, it's a day for the media. And on the Seattle Seahawks during this time, they had a running back named Marshawn Lynch. Beast mode, right? Like he's not playing anymore because you can only be beast mode for a few years. You can't have the nickname beast mode and have a 20-year career because beast mode going to get tired, yo, right? Like so, so he, was, he was just this phenomenal running back, but he wasn't a real big media guy. In fact, he had a whole interview one time where uh, it was at a Super Bowl, I believe it was at a Super Bowl, where they asked him questions and his response was just, I'm just here so I don't get fired. Well, Marshawn, how do you think you're going to play in the game? I'm just here so I don't get fired. He had another interview where every answer was just like, yeah, no, yeah, yeah. You think, uh, you know, tell us about your quarterback. You know, you're good. Yeah. How you feeling today, Marshawn? Yeah. So he wasn't really a media guy, okay? He was averse to talking to the media, to answering questions. And so on this media day, he's doing his interview, and people are asking him questions, and he's, like, not talking. He's just like, I'm waiting until the time's done so I can get out of here because I don't really want to talk to you. And people are getting kind of upset and frustrated with him. And his time ends, and he walks off the stage, and then Deion Sanders. How many remember Deion? Prime time, 21. Anybody? Okay, cool. Deion Sanders. At this time, he's working for Fox. He's actually a, an analyst, a, a commentator. He grabs him uh, off to the side, not in front of, like, all the lights and cameras, just off to the side, and he starts talking to him. And we don't, have to, we don't have to shut the lights off for this because it's a real short clip. I just want to show you this exchange, and this is going to get us to talking about water baptism. So show that clip. You all right? Man, I'm smooth. I like when you got off the plane with the beast mode and everything. It look like you're ready to play, man. Yeah, that's what time it is. You kind of shy? Nah. You just don't want to talk, really? I'm just about that action, boss. You're about to go get it. You, you, you just like to do it. That's what it is. I'm just about, well, I'm just about that action, boss. Now, for my paler friends in the room, let me explain what he's saying. He's saying, I'm, I'm more predisposed to taking action on a decision than spending a prolonged amount of time in discourse about said action. Boss. That's for my paler friends, okay? Those of us in the know, we understood what he said. We understood that Marshawn said, look, rather than, than, than talking about something a lot, I just want to go get on the field and take some action. I just want to act on this. I don't want to spend a day talking about it. I'm ready, I'm ready to do something. I'm ready to take action. I'm just about that action, boss. Now, that actually applies to baptism in an incredible way. Because the way we talk about baptism is that baptism is an outward action that reveals an inward experience. We do this action. We're, we're about that action boss because we want to reveal, we want to express this inner experience that we've had with Jesus. So we're about that action. I heard one pastor talk about baptism as the deed that reveals the belief. 
or if you want to make it rhyme, the deed that reveals the seed, the seed of faith. And so to do that, to do this, let's get into this Matthew chapter 3. Uh, if you have a Bible with you, that's where we're going to be today. Matthew chapter 3. We're going to look at uh, a guy in Matthew 3, actually two fellows. Uh, one guy's name's John, and then one most of us all should know probably his name's Jesus, right? We're going to look at their experience and talk about baptism. And the first thing you've got to understand about baptism is baptism is an act of identification. Baptism is an action of identification. It, it reveals something about us. So in Matthew chapter 3, there's this guy. His name's John. He's an evangelist. Uh, he's telling people about God. He shows up on the scene, and he's kind of dressed weird, and he's got weird hair. And, and he shows up, and he starts telling people about the kingdom of God. He says that, you know, it's at hand. Get, ready, get yourselves ready. And, and people start flocking to this guy. He's actually, he doesn't have a good location. He's kind of hard to find. He didn't have a company to, to, to purchase uh, a sandwich board A-frame signs to put on the highway to say, hey, church is this way. No, he just goes out into the middle of the wilderness and starts preaching, and people flock to him. And he's got this really interesting message. In fact, it's three points, and he preaches the same thing every day. Can you imagine if you came to church and I preached the same message over and over? But that's what John did. And his three points, they went like this. He, he, would, he would get up and he'd be like, hey, good morning, everybody. I'm glad that you came out here to church of you know, John the Baptist. Uh, excited about what's happening today. I got a sermon for you. Matter of fact, the same sermon I preached yesterday. Point number one, repent. It's a real seeker-sensitive type of message. John's real concerned with the people in the audience. And so he said, repent. You got to repent. Which he looked at his crowd and he said, hey, listen, if you look at your life and there's things in your life that don't look like God, you need to turn from that. That's what repent means. Repent is just a word that means turn away. So you're heading this direction and repent means I'm going to turn away from that direction. I'm going to go a different way. So point number one, repent. Point number two, turn to God. Because you can turn away from the, the, the sin or the, 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 the bad mistakes, the way you were going. You can turn away from that. But if you don't turn to God, it's not going to help you. Because a lot of us will turn away from things that are destroying our lives, but we'll just turn to other things that will eventually destroy our lives. Some of us will turn to money. Uh, we'll, we'll, we'll get in a bind and it's like, okay, i got to turn away from that lifestyle, so I'm going to embrace this God of financial wealth, and we'll turn to that. And John says, I don't want you to turn to that. I want you to turn to God. Some of us can get in a situation, and we turn away from a destructive path, but we turn to, for, for, for hope and salvation, we turn to our friends. And John's like, I don't want you to turn to your friends. I want you to turn to finances. I don't want you to turn to a relationship. I want you to turn to God. Point number two. Point number one, repent, turn to God, and then he says, get baptized. I want you to repent, turn to God, and get baptized. Now, the interesting thing about this word that John used, uh, which sounds like baptize, right? Baptizo, that's how you would say it in the Greek. Um, it's a, it's, it has uh, some religious connotations to it, but it was also just a regular word. Baptizo it was a word that just meant wash, to make clean with water, or to bathe. 
So imagine the scene, right? We're, we're, we're at the Jordan River. This is where John set up shop to preach. And so we're at the Jordan. It's, it's a body of water, so good he's got access to that. And he starts preaching, and he says, all right, you need to repent, turn to God, and come on, get baptized right now in this water. And the people hearing this are not like you. They don't hear baptized. They hear, hey, repent, turn to God, and wash yourself. People are like, yeah, I'm taking a bath right now. Like, I'm in the water. That's why I came down here. I'm washing my clothes, John. What do you want? Like, what do you mean take a bath? Some people didn't understand what he was preaching. And some people did because in a crowd even like this, some of us will get revelation from God and others of us won't because it's not our time. And so some people in the crowd, they would get this revelation, this revealed truth that, you know what? I don't think he's talking about taking a bath because I took a bath before I came. And so I don't think I need to take a bath again. I think he's talking about something different. I think he's talking about something spiritual happening in my life. And so they would, they would walk out into the Jordan to be baptized by John to identify with the message that he's preaching. Yes, yes, John, I repent, I turn to God, and I am identifying with the message that you're preaching. I identify with what you're saying. I believe what you're saying is true, and I identify myself with those words. Matter of fact, John, not only do I identify with it, I want everyone to know I identify with it, so I do this in public. I do it so everybody can see. You see, baptism is a public declaration of a new association. In other words, how are you going to be saved with nobody knowing about it? Can you imagine? It, it, this is not far off. In fact, Scripture talks about our relationship with Jesus being similar to a husband and wife relationship. Can you imagine getting married and never talking about it? Like, have you seen people in love, like freshly in love? They're annoying. You know what I'm talking about? They're like, they bust into a room and they're like, I'm in love, I'm in love, and I don't care who knows it. Will Ferrell, Elf, he's in love, man. People who are freshly in love, they get on your nerves. They're all like public displays of affection. They're hugging, they're kissing, they don't care who sees. Same thing is true when it comes to, to God and our relationship with him. Here's the thing, like, if he took my sin and he's cleansed me of that, if he looked beyond my faults and he wiped away my debts, I'm, I'm, I, this is too good to keep to myself. I got to tell somebody. It's good news, right? Like so much of Christianity, I don't know that we could describe it as good news. It's like, that doesn't sound good. That's depressing news. Like a lot of, I'm not trying to, there are plenty of churches, listen, we're not the only uh, show in the game, and so there are tons of churches this morning pre preaching grace and forgiveness and Jesus and the presence of God and redemption, it's awesome. But there are a lot of churches, man, you go to and you leave depressed because it's not good news. It's like you messed up, you're jacked up, you have no hope, oh, by the way, Jesus saves. Everybody have a great day. No, man, it's good news. He's forgiven my sin. He's made me new. I'm not who I used to be. I'm moving forward. I got hope. I got Jesus. It's good news. Just like on a wedding day, I've got this ring. It's a sign of my public declaration to my wife. Right? 
you see this and you automatically know, oh, he's in a relationship with his wife. If I take it off, am I still married? Yeah, but you don't know. Oh, I'm still married. But unless there's a public sign of our relationship, you don't know. And you'll, you'll interact with me differently. But as soon as I put the ring on, it changes someone's perception of me. Oh, he's got an association that other than his relationship with God comes before everybody else. And here's the deal. I want, I love my wife so much, I want everyone to know. Everybody to know. So I publicly wear the ring to say, hey, I'm already associated with her, so step away. You see what I'm saying? Baptism is that public sign that tells everybody else, I've already identified with my Savior. You don't, you ha- it changes the way people interact, and it should change the way I interact with people. Because my marriage does, Right? The way I, my my public association with my wife changes the way I relate to other people. Baptism is the same thing. It changes the way we relate because we have a new identification. So John's preaching this message and tons of people are coming out to him and and they're being baptized. That's why he's called John the Baptist because he baptizes, not because he's Southern. And so think about it. There you go. All right. Kind of let that one sit for a second. So one day he's baptizing people. You know, he's putting them in the water. It's awesome. And I imagine, this isn't in the Bible. I just kind of, you know, imagine stuff like this. And um, I think one of his followers came, because we know John had disciples. That's what the Bible tells us. And so I imagine one of them came up and they're like, John, this is such a great day. Man, we baptized more people today than we did yesterday. This is awesome. Man, I can't believe it. It's so good, John. It's so good. And I, I see John just go, hey, get ready. What do you mean get ready? Get ready. This is nothing. There's a guy coming, bro. I'm not even worthy to carry that dude's shoes. And listen, I know right now we're baptizing people in water, but when that dude shows up on the scene, he's going to baptize people in the Holy Spirit and fire. That's what happens and that's what John says. There's a guy coming after me. I'm not worthy to tie his shoes. I'm not worthy to carry his sandals. He's going to baptize you in the Holy Spirit and fire. Matter of fact, total side note, but uh, June, we're going to do a whole series on the Holy Spirit. And here's what we're going to do. We're going to preach about the Holy Spirit, his role in our life, uh, our relationship with him. And then we're going to give people an opportunity to experience the very thing John prophesied about, which happened in Acts chapters uh, 2 and, and following, people receiving the fullness of the Holy Spirit. And that's probably going to be some of you, and it's going to be a great, awesome opportunity. Don't miss June in Vertical Church. Hello, somebody. All right. Um, so, John, yeah, it's going to be great. Can I, can I share, like, the, one of the biggest fears of my life? Every time we've done a series on the Holy Spirit, our attendance has gone, oh, well. I'd, I would rather go to war with, like, 50 people fired up and filled with the Holy Spirit than 200 people who are just dead inside. Amen? Amen. All right. Found, freed, and filled. That's what we're shooting for. All right, here we go. So, Matthew chapter 3, verse 13. John sees him coming, and look, look what happens. Then Jesus went from Galilee to the Jordan to be baptized by John. I love this because <laughs> this is so cool. Jesus is fully God, right? He's never sinned, so he has nothing to wash himself of. 
He, he doesn't need to identify with God because he's already God. So what is, if baptism is an act of identification, what is Jesus doing getting baptized? He's identifying with us. Check out what N.T. Wright, pastor over in, uh, over in Great Britain, says about this passage in his commentary on the, the Gospel of Matthew. He says this. He says, a Jesus who seems to identify himself not with a God who sweeps all before him in judgment, but with the people who are themselves facing judgment and needing to repent. Jesus didn't need to identify with God because he was already God. He identified, he goes into the waters of baptism to identify with you and me. He, he, I, in other words, he says, he says, I'm not going to ask my brothers and sisters to do something I'm not going to do first. So he identifies with us as sinners in need of repentance. He gets into the waters and the same waters that wash our sin off washed it onto him. It's awesome. It's a beautiful thing. And he did it. He didn't have to. He chose to. And he did it as our example of what obedience look like, looks like, which is number two. Baptism is an act of obedience. It's an act of obedience. Jesus didn't have to do this. Look what, look what uh, Matthew says in the very next verse. But John tried to talk him out of it. I am the one who needs to be baptized by you. So why are you coming to me? Jesus, you, you're already God. You don't need to identify with him. And look what Jesus says, verse 15. It should be done. I love that. It should be done, for we must carry out all that God requires. So John agreed to baptize him. And here's the thing, man. Like, in this journey with Jesus, there are, there are tons of steps along the way. But when you surrender your life to Jesus, baptism is your first one. Baptism ought to be, it should be done. Now, are you, are you saying, Pastor Josh, if I don't get baptized, that I'm not really saved and I'm going to die and go to hell? No, I'm not saying that, right? Like, of course that's not, not what we preach. Like, grace through faith, that's what, that's what saves us. But this, Jesus said, it should be done. So, in other words, if you've surrendered your life to Jesus, you'll be about that action. Boss. <laughs> right? See how we tie that in? It's slick, right? And it's not just that Jesus modeled it. It's not just that Jesus did it. He actually commanded it. We, if we fast forward all the way through the Gospel of Matthew to the very last chapter, some of the very last words that Matthew writes, uh, Jesus has gathered all of his followers up. He's already gone to the cross. He's already died. He's went in the tomb. He's resurrected. He's had lunch with people and walked around. And now he's about to ascend into heaven. And some of the last words Jesus says, his goodbye speech, look at this, Matthew chapter 28, verse 19. He says, therefore, go. And make disciples of all nations and build churches. No, it's not what he commanded. Go make disciples and teach people how to wear a necklace with a cross at the end of it so everybody will know. Like they got, go make disciples and pass out WWJD bracelets. Anybody remember WWJD bracelets? Hello. Oh, what did he say? He said, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them. In other words, Jesus says, listen, fellas, huddle up. I'm about to leave. Huddle up. Here's the deal. I want you to go. I want you to preach this message, man. I want you to make disciples. I want you to, and if you don't remember anything else, 
that I've taught you, make sure that once they start believing, once they surrender their lives, once they're, they're on the journey, make sure they start with baptism. Because it's not enough, fellas, for it to get in their head as knowledge. It's got to get in their heart as experience. It's got to move from, from just head knowledge, and it's got to drop to their heart. Because, fellas, when something's in your heart, it will result in a corresponding action. We think we act based on what we think. No, we act on based on what we feel and we believe in the core of our being. Jesus says, I want, I want to see this inward grace manifest in an outward declaration. He says, I want you to be about that action. You remember school fights? I mean, you're actually in school right now. Like you're in some kind of junior high, middle school, high school. Come on, I know you're in the room. There we go. Like you're in school, right? Okay. Counts. So in my school, we used to have these fights because growing up in southern West Virginia, uh, it was something like for a dude, you had to fight somebody to like prove. It was like a rite of passage. I don't even know if that still happens because it's so, and I think this is a good thing. I'm not trying to bash anti-bullying campaigns. I don't think people ought to be beating each other up in school. Let me say that. If you're watching this online, I do not think bullying is okay. In West Virginia, but it was some kind of rite of passage. You had to fight somebody to prove that you were a man, okay? So what I hated, though, was like these fights would happen, and these two guys would just be like shoving each other. Bro, get off me. Get off me. They'd get in their face, and just and it's like, are y'all going to do anything? Or are we just like wasting time here in the cafeteria? Because I want to see some action. And then inevitably, somebody would yell out. They would go, they would go, one of y'all going to do something? Because I think one of you's scared and the other's happy about it. Which is true. Like, yeah, I've been in those situations. I don't want to fight this guy. We're just going to shove each other around. But, but, the, but that's, what, that's what we're talking about, like action. There's a lot of Christians who just talk about Jesus, but they've never actually got around to doing what he commanded. Be back, go, make disciples, be baptized. Baptism isn't just a message, it's also the method because there's something transformational that happens in the water. That's the third point. Baptism is an act of transformation. It's an act of, of, of identification, it's an act of obedience, but it's also an act of transformation. Jesus wants baptism to be a defining moment in your life in your journey with him. And it was for Jesus. Check this out, Matthew chapter 3, verse 16. After his baptism, as Jesus came up out of the water, the heavens were opened, and he saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove and settling on him. And a voice from heaven said, This is my dearly loved Son, who brings me great joy. In, in Jesus' baptism, I don't know if you've ever seen this, it's actually an act of new creation. Look at, the, look at the characters who are on the field. You've got God the Father. You've got the Holy Spirit hovering over the waters. Hello, Genesis chapter 1. And you've got the Son, the Word, who was with God and was God in the beginning. Jesus goes into the waters as a new creation. It's, a, it's, a, it's like a, a metaphor lived out in reality. Something happens in baptism. It's an act of transformation. And when Jesus comes up out of the water, what does his father say? It is good. 
It's what he said at the beginning of creation. Now he just says, this is my dearly loved son who brings me great joy. Man, look at this. This is good, God says in Genesis chapter 1. So baptism is this this transformational moment. It's this act of new creation. That's what Paul's talking about in Romans chapter 6. He says, when we go into the water, we die with Jesus so that when we come out, we can be raised to life in Jesus. It's a transforming moment. Think about it. How are you going to do what God has called you to do unless you've been made into a new creation? And this is what happens to people in the Bible. It happened to an Ethiopian eunuch in Acts. He, he's talking to Philip on the road back to, back, back to his homeland. And he had just been in Jerusalem. And, and he's reading the, 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 the scroll of Isaiah. And he's talking. He's like, who is this servant guy? And Philip's like, oh, that's Jesus. Let me tell you about Jesus. So Philip spends some time telling him about Jesus. And he says, in fact, when Jesus left, he told us to go make disciples, baptizing people. And, and, and the eunuch says, well, is there anything preventing? me from being baptized right now. Ain't that some water over there? What's stopping me from being baptized? And Philip says, nothing. Let's go. Let's be about that action. The eunuch gets baptized immediately. It happens in, I think it's Acts chapter uh, 16, 16 or 17, I'm off on the chapter, but Paul and Silas are in jail, and they're bound up with chains, and they say, you know, chains aren't going to stop my praise, so they just start singing to Jesus, and they start worshiping him, and then the earth starts quaking, and the walls shake, and all of a sudden, they're released, and the the jailer knows, oh my gosh, I'm going to die, and Paul says, no, 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 we haven't left. Matter of fact, we're free. Let me tell you about the freedom that can be yours in Christ, and the jailer says, what? Wait a second. Let me go grab my family. He goes, grabs his family. He says, this guy's got to tell us something about this man named Jesus, and they all surrender their lives to Jesus, and they're baptized that night. Because what's stopping you from being baptized? Nothing. There's this urgency in Scripture that once you've surrendered to Jesus, identified with Him, there's this urgency to get into the water to obey His Word and experience transformation. Paul says, Galatians chapter 3, verse 27, all who have been united with Christ in baptism have put on Christ like putting on new clothes. I like new clothes. I like wearing new clothes. I like the smell of new clothes. I like the fit of new clothes. I like how I feel when I put on a new pair of socks. It makes me feel good. I don't know if it does that for you. I enjoy it. I'm like, man, I, I, I could do anything today. Why? Because I got new socks. It just it feels good. You ever watch those award shows and they interview people and they're like, ooh, look, he's wearing the latest Valentino, you know. Ooh, what are you wearing? You're wearing the, the Louis Vuitton dress. Ooh, it's so beautiful. Listen, when you walk into church, those of you who are Christians, you're dressed in something far beyond Louis Vuitton and Dior. You're dressed in ROC, baby, robe of Christ. I'm wearing that fresh Jesus Right? Like, I'm, I'm walking around with new clothes on all the time. What are you wearing? I'm wearing Jesus. That's why I look so good. That's why I'm happy. That's why I've got joy in the midst of struggle. That's why I've got hope in the midst of chaos. That's why I can rejoice in the midst of suffering, because I'm wearing Jesus. I'm wearing Jesus. So you go ahead and make your way up. So why water baptism? Because we got to be about that action we got to be about that action of identifying with Jesus. we got to be about that action of obeying the words of Jesus. 
And we got to be about that action of experiencing the transformation, the new creation of Jesus. And so if you've never been baptized, if you, if you surrendered your life to Jesus and you've never been baptized, I want you to get baptized today. I didn't come prepared. It's fine. You don't have to come prepared. we got towels. You'll dry out outside. So if you're getting baptized today and you need to go change clothes, you came prepared, then now is the time. Just slip up, uh, go over to the instructions that you received before you came today, and, uh, and go ahead and get ready for that. We'll go grab the elementary students down the hall because several of them are being baptized, and we want them to come and celebrate with their friends. But listen, 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 listen. If, you, if you're here today and something's stirred up inside of you and you're like, wait a second, I haven't been baptized. And I want to identify with Jesus. I want to make it public. I want to put the ring on so that everybody knows I am his and he is mine. Thank you so much for joining us today. We always appreciate hearing how God is moving in your life. We all have a story to tell and we'd love to hear yours. Please visit verticalchurch.tv and click on the little pencil icon called Amen Corner to tell us your story. Also, if you'd like to support the ministry of Vertical Church financially, you can do so by clicking the giving link at verticalchurch.tv. Thank you again for taking the time to join us as we point those far from God to life in Jesus.